Welcome to the Not-For-Profit On Purpose podcast series. This series is designed to help guide you on your journey through the not-for-profit space in terms of all things not-for-profit, including structures, setting up your not-for-profit, how you report, board governance, accounting, and anything else you could possibly think of in regards to not-for-profit. G'day, it's Justin Hall from RightSource here today talking boards, governance, and all things not-for-profit. In developing a board, um, and actually one thing that's really I really enjoy talking about and seeing or, or sort of picking up on is, is bias. So there's bias everywhere, and it's just who we are as humans. It just happens. And really, as a, um, it's something that if you can be aware of and understand what's happening, you can help that um, sort of subconscious uh, bias that's happening become more conscious and you can then deal with it and quite often it allows you to lift whatever you're doing. One of the um, applications of bias or or I suppose things you can see at a board level is uh, power bias or or where um, people defer to authority and at a board level you really want that to be more of a facilitative process so that everyone gets a, uh, has an, an equal standing or has equal input into the team because that way you get to what is an effectively run team. Where you start having authority bias or power bias in there, it can shut down some of that conversation. So I wanted to talk through today a little bit of um, sort of what that means and how we can how we can deal with it. So, well, first of all, why why did this happen? Well. When you're looking at a board, quite often you've got very experienced people who are on that board with really, uh, and they've been brought there for their skill and experience. So they're quite often at the top of their game or the top of their field. So for them to have, you know, be deferred to because they have the authority, it's not unreasonable because quite often they are the top, the one that you defer to and get their opinion. So it, it's quite easy to happen, and similarly, um, I suppose to the chair, the chair position. Quite often, that position has a lot of additional additional responsibility, but still it has the same level of responsibility as all the directors in terms of facilitating the conversation and acting in the best interests of the company. So you can have a very situations where you get a very strong chair that everyone starts feeling more comfortable deferring to them and their decision making and doesn't necessarily create the best decision that could have happened. It doesn't mean it was a bad decision. It just means we could probably have done better. So in terms of how could that be done better or or why is it bad to have um, this power bias that's happening? Well, the first thing that can happen is that um, you'll have some directors who might turn up to board meetings and not really say anything because they either the topics that are at the board meeting are not things that they have authority in because you start the board's acting in this well you really only speak if you've got authority but also they might not feel comfortable that they um, their opinions needed because the board tends to defer to those with authority so you end up getting passengers who are there at the board meetings and they're not really contributing and that's not really the point um, the point of that board meeting is to get those different differing views but also from the individuals, there's a risk there as to are they executing their director duties effectively. So that's not a good situation to be having. The reluctance to speak up sometimes as well is um, sometimes just because you're authority or something doesn't mean you haven't thought of something else. So 
situations can happen in a board meeting where you've got these people and they're like, oh, I've got, I can see a problem, but it's probably not my place to say anything, so I won't say anything. And then down the line, something goes wrong and it's like, oh, well, that was a problem we should have picked up on. Why didn't we see it? It was in our blind spot. That's the type of thing that can happen. You really want to have a, a safe environment at a board meeting where people feel they can ask what they might think of as stupid questions or like, I'm seeing something here that no one else has, has spoken up about. I'm going to ask the question just to make sure we haven't missed something. That then again leads to that effective team making because from, from my experience and I suppose uh, uh, an effective team, their worst decision is the best decision of any individual in that team. So by having that team work effectively, you're gonna make a better decision than anyone else in that room would have made by themselves. And that's really what you wanna to get to in terms of, of a team. So, okay, so we know it's bad. What are the indicators of there being a power bias? Because it's not like you can just go, oh, I see a power bias. You don't see it specifically, you see indicators of it. So what are the indicators of there being a power bias on a board? Well, the first thing that you get, or one of the first things you get is you have, when you have board meetings, you tend to have these little side conversations happening all the time. So you'll have the main conversation happen and then you'll have a couple of directors talking over there or a couple, and one, it's very distracting, but two, why are they sharing information there and not with the whole board? And it's that reluctance to share information. They're wanting to make sure that they're not out of, uh, sort of stepping out of turn, but also they may not, may not feel comfortable sharing with the whole board, but they, they, they're sort of try, trying to work through that. So seeing those side conversations happening, that's, that's a risk. Um, having the other, the other way you can see it is where you have one director who tends to be the last person to speak on every agenda item. Now, that could be the chair or it could be another director that's always the last one to chip in. They're always there to say, well, their last point of view to sort of guide the conversation to that's what we've decided. Um, so that's an indicator as well. You can also have um, an indicator where you have a director who is using their authority or that, that they were a founder um, to quite often um, to take up a lot of the time of the board meeting. So when you look at the discussions that have happened over the board meeting, one or, or, or those directors that are seem to have authority are the ones that are doing all the talking and then the bulk of the board isn't really contributing a lot else. So that's also another indicator that there's a, a level of power bias happening there. And then I suppose one that I see a lot as company secretary uh, when acting with these boards as well is that you'll tend to have the board meeting, everyone's happy at that board meeting and then outside of the board meeting, you'll have a lot of side conversations where directors are unhappy with staff or they're not clear on what the decision was and it's like, well, why was that raised in the board meeting? And that's, again, because of that reluctance. So this is the type of thing, and this is the, the risk that that power bias brings, is that people don't bring up pertinent information in a meeting, and it can lead to you know, bad decisions, disengagement of board members. So, And disengaged board members in itself can often be an indication of power bias. So look for those things, and if you can, if you can see some of those indicators, you know, Ask the, ask the question to yourself, is there a bit of power bias going on? And how do we go about correcting that? So how do we go about correcting that? Often it's the role of the chair to be aware of this and they're, they're the one who's gonna have the biggest impact on how a board operates. But as a director, you can also ask the question and ask 
for some things to be put in place. So let's have a look at some of that. So one good thing that you can do is have in-camera sessions or have board-only sessions where you, as part of the agenda, you actually take a moment to talk about how the meeting's going to run. Because that can just allow um, anyone who's got an issue or a query a safe space to have that discussion without it being part of the, you know, the paper or the decision that's right in front of them. It's like, well, how are we tackling that decision? Who are we talking to? Where are we trying to get to? And just for those directors that may be a little unsure or a little um, concerned that they don't have the authority to speak, at least give them that space to be able to contribute in that way and understand how they can contribute to those discussion points. The next point, I suppose, in terms of the chair or, or the directors is, is to, you know, where people aren't speaking up, ask their, like, po proactively ask their opinion. So ask for people's opinion on the board. So, okay, we've, we haven't heard from um, this director this meeting, you know, throw them something, just throw them a question, get them involved in the conversation, show that, you know, their opinion is valued and, and wanted. And that can help, again, just break that, um, that unintended bias that's been, that can get built. And the last one, especially if authority is, um, and you can do this when you're looking at a skills matrix, sometimes you'll have a board member who's the only one who knows a certain thing or a certain area of knowledge. That in itself is a risk to the board and one of the best things you can do to help fill that gap is by providing training to existing board members. So, so you do have someone who's got the authority on governance or someone who's got the authority on um, the industry or how a call center operates. Well, there's nothing stopping you having other directors go and have, gain experience or training in that area, either by spending a bit of time in the business, and that's, I'm not talking months, just you know, sometimes going having a, a tour of the call center, spending an hour in there, sitting with a few people having calls, can really help someone gain experience. That's valuable. If it's that they don't have enough experience in governance, well, training on that, I mean, allowing directors to go and get training and increase their skills so they, they do feel they have the authority is valuable just because of the skills they then bring to the board. So, and it can help, again, by encouraging those who, who feel they don't have the authority to speak or the relevant skills to go and get those skills, then, again, creates that culture at the board where we value everyone's opinion and we want everyone to contribute. If you liked what you heard today, feel free to subscribe to the podcast series. And if you'd like some more information, check me out on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect and answer any questions you might have. Otherwise, thanks for listening. It's Justin Hogg from RightSource.